Yo, 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 yo. Whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. Today's episode, Upgrading Your Home Office. I have fire tips for you guys. How to set up an environment, how to solve a problem that you may not even be aware that you currently have. But let's dive into the quickie. Asking for awards at work. Here's why it's not an immediate gratification. It's not about like yourself. But when when I'm suggesting that you should ask for an award at work, it's more about less about, I should say, your productivity, receiving time off award or that cash award, stock options. It's less about all of that. It's even less about whether you deserve to be applauded or not. It's more about the long game, a longer strategy, if you will. So it's time to think more strategic when at work. It's not about the current job you're in, the role you're performing. It's about that next level and the level after that level and the level after that level. So asking for an award may have an immediate gratification. That's true. Like you may get, again, money, your pocket, some type of acknowledgement. But what I'm trying to do is put you on to the long game, trying to help you build your resume. Including those achievements on your resume, I think, is critical. So let me give you an example. So you're working for a company and you, know, you perform well on a project or for the entire year or for several years. And you want to have some type of recognition. Again, not because you deserve it, because you need this to be reflected on your resume. So ask for that award. Ask for that achievement, right? So if your company has some type of high recognition program or they recognize their employees, whether it's like a quarterly employee of the quarter, employee of the year, employee of the month, however it happens, or if there are some other type of superlative achievement out there that your company offers, I would say ask for it. Even if you have to write the narrative or the justification yourself, write it yourself. Ask for that award. It's not that you're bragging or that you're not humble. Again, you're looking out for yourself. This is all about you. So when you ask for that award, you achieve, you receive that award. Put that on your resume. And I'll give you another example. So you, you've, you've completed a project. It's an 18-month project. It was grueling, lots of long hours. And your company award you with an award. Again, Put that on your resume as an achievement. Not only did we accomplish the project on time within, within budget or, and or within scope, but I was also awarded employee of the year as a result of this project. This project also yield 100% reduction in X. You know, all of those superlatives, all of those achievements, add those to your resume. That's the long game we're trying to play here. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And I'm just going to throw out this one word, office. What is that? All right. What is an office? Well, for me, 
it's a place, you know, usually where you work. And traditionally, it has been in an office building, some type of setup where you're in a cubicle or in an office or you even sharing space with others. But I can tell you what it isn't. <laughs> it is not a kitchen table or the sofa. Those are not, air quote, an office. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you some fire tips, what I think are fire tips, to be honest, for the best home office setup. So I don't think I would have given much attention to my home office setup if it wasn't for me trying to use the same space to record my podcast as I'm doing right now. So for me, the first step is to have a plan. Think of a problem you're trying to solve and solve it. Think of the space you have and solve it. Even if the space is limited, constrained, or you don't even think the space can be utilized as an office space, take a step back, create a plan. For example, in my situation, I was really trying to solve for four problems into one space. I wanted to solve for TV viewing, gaming, working, and record my podcast all in the same space. I just felt I needed something that can accommodate all four items and do all four items well. That was a major problem for me because I wasn't performing well in terms of the space. Like the space wasn't conducive to handling the working and the podcasting really well. The TV viewing and gaming was a little bit different. I, I made a few tweaks there, but not as much. Um, but it was also still part of the same setup. So I wanted it all to be cohesive and to flow. So, um, but, you know, so in this episode, I really want to help with your home office setup. So again, I had, I've dealt with like four issues. Yours may be two or three or just really one issue. You just don't have a really good home office setup at all, but I want to help you set up your home office setup. So let's start with the where. Before you do anything, let's rewind it, have a vision, have a plan. And in particular, when we're talking about the where, have a vision and have a plan for your background. I know that may sound cheesy, but but the way I think, I always go to the end state first and then I backwards plan. Because I, I have a target. In this case, I want my space, again, to be cohesive for four different problems I'm trying to solve. And so I'm helping you guys with your office setup. So visualize it all. The where. The where is important. Where are you going to hold your home office? But if you're even more like abstract thinking, somewhat like I think initially, think of your background. Always start with the background first. What do I want to have represented behind me while I'm on video? <clears throat> what is critical is to be in front of a large window if possible that will yield tremendous video quality. Also, it's free <laughs> if there's light outside, right? Um, that Again, it doesn't require you to spend much money on lighting setup. 
if you have a space that's conducive for that. If you do not have a space that's conducive for that, I will talk a little bit later about lighting. So again, be in front of a large window. It's important, I reiterate, do not set up in your kitchen. <laughs> it is important that you create zones and separate spaces. Now again, spaces can be utilized for multiple things, but you create a zone or create spaces that can accomplish those things well. So I'm not a fan of using a guest room as an office. However, if you have that as your only option, then go for it. Make it the best home office slash bedroom slash exercise room that you can make it. And if that's your, your issue, think of those three areas and try to solve all three problems into one. I will also say secondarily, the window placement, you know, outside from the window placement is your imagination. So imagine your current setup, close your eyes, do it now. Imagine your current setup. It's not working, right? It may require you to spend a little bit dough, a little money, not too much, right? That's why you're creating a plan. You can always find options, find, make options to help facilitate the best possible space. So spend a little money to create something dope and functional. All right, so we got the where. Let's talk about some essentials. Now, these are not all be all essentials. These are some of the things I think for your home office are essential to a space that can help with productivity and creativity. A stand-up desk. Yep, I said it. A stand-up desk. It's not also help with your creativity and productivity. This may even help with your fitness. I'm not saying stand up the whole time you're working. No, just every, you know, every hour or so, get up for five or 10 minutes, sit back down if you need to. And over time, you'll probably get used to standing up for maybe half the day, maybe sitting down periodically and just flipping the switch. I really, I rarely stand up the entire time. There are times I do the podcast here. I stand up, I sit down. Um, I do not lay down, <laughs> but there are times where I'm, I'm, I'm able to do the podcast and have my office and work set up in the same space and having a stand-up desk is essential and i did leave a description well not description the name of my stand-up desk uplift desk in the description of this episode it is about um maybe about five feet in length maybe a little bit longer and over four feet deep this is a really thick solid piece of wood this is a solid desk um i do have automated height adjustment on it so but I did save a little bit money by not going with the programming or the programmable version of that. Um, I think I did mark a few little tiny, tiny, tiny little lines on a wall to give me an indicator of where, you know, some of my preferred preference. You really, no one can see it. Um, only I can really see it where I have it placed. So I, again, I opted to save a little money there. But, you know, if you, you want to splurge and add those options, I would say go for it reason why I like the uplift stand-up desk is because the number two item on my essential category and that is wire management I am a nerd for organization I love when there is a product that thinks of not just the actual desk itself but it thinks of how you're going to be productive utilizing that desk and how would that desk look in your space 
And so the Uplift Desk provides all the wire management. In fact, it comes with like a kit and the packaging of that kit, like the full setup. And they take you through all the steps as any normal setup for any furniture you will place in your home. It's the same. But instead with the Uplift Desk, it provides steps along the way to help you tie your wires and even have places to zip tie and stick those to the frame. And there's like a, a large frame underneath that house all of the wires there. Now I did use my drill a little bit and made a few holes and um, up installed a, what is it called here? I was actually looking for it. <laughs> um, so I installed one of those really nice surge protectors. They also have like USB connections, uh, you know, all of the different ports I needed. So I installed that underneath the desk upside down. So all of the wires that, that I have are also plugged underneath the desk. I took care of all of that and I purposely did it and I did it very meticulously and I did it slowly. I was in no rush and I thought again, long game, long thinking here. I thought about how can I organize all of the wires outside of what the instructions were providing. And I also wanted to make it for future expansion. So I took care of all of that as part of my, as part of my stand-up desk setup, wire management. I will also say in your space, as we talk about essentials, limit the number of colors you have in your space. I will offer that. I'm not saying you need to paint any walls. Maybe your house already came with, or your home or your apartment already have the color and you can't change that color. I will offer no big issue here. Start with that as your base color. Have three colors. One base color or two base color, one access. I mean, I'm accent color, sorry. Or one base color, two accent colors. That's a way to, I think, is a cohesive way to bring the space together, especially when you're trying to solve for multiple problems. Storage is an, another essential item that I would say that is really critical. In particularly, I like hidden storage concepts or dual purpose concepts, if you will. So if I have like a box or something that's more decorative, I also want that box to have items. Maybe I have gadgets in one, I have tools in another, you know, something like that. Even my sofa have these flip up um, portions on the back portion and their storage in there. And I can, I have my microphones in there and, and one side, everything dealing with the podcast. And on the other side, I have like gaming items on the other side. So it's really important for me is to have storage, especially when there's like no built-in storage. You want to utilize those items that can serve multiple purposes. Lastly, what I would say under essentials for setting up a home office, plants. Yes, real plants. Plants can help remove air toxins and can help you keep your space fresh. We know you guys pass gas. It happens, right? I'm not saying the plants will take all of that out the air, but just joke there. But plants seriously will, will help with, with the freshness and the quality of the air in the space. So I would highly recommend those who are not allergic and find a, a plant that works for you, works for your environment. So we covered the wear, we covered some essentials. Let's talk about the setup. Monitors. Now, there's a lot of monitors out there. There are some on the cheaper end. There are some on the very, very expensive ultra end. Um, depending on your budget, depending on your style, go for either one. 
Um, I prefer a little bit more of a quality. So I go for, you know it, Samsung. So I have two 4K Samsung monitors. One is a curved monitor, 24 inch, and the other is a non-curved monitor, 24 inch. In fact, I have one that's in a horizontal um, to my left, and then the other is vertical, stand up and down. So just I just pivot it or swiveled the, um, on its axis. And I like that a little bit more when I'm, especially when I, I have a guest over for the podcast, I can throw up the the notes or the script for the podcast and I could, you know, the guests can also see what I'm seeing at the same time. So I think that is really critical. I thought, again, I thought about all of this in the beginning when I was writing my plan as I was drafting, how can I solve this problem and be able to, to work and host the podcast at the same time. Again, I'm going back to it. You're solving a problem that you have. Audio. Um, some cases, you know, you may not use headphones. I mean, headphones are good, I believe, especially when you're you're working and you're on like a Zoom call or video call. You know, I know some of you guys may not think about this because you're doing it from your perspective, but think about the end user. So if you're using headphones, headphones that are good um, versus like a speakerphone, I could tell you, if you can avoid it, do not use uh, speakerphones like this the speaker that comes with your laptop or something like that it's the the amount of noise and friction that that's between your voice and the computer is all picked up on the other end for the end user who's listening to you so i would say for best quality invest in some headphones with a nice microphone um or if you really wanted to step it up invest in a really nice microphone i also put that in the description of this episode um when you think about audio think about those those other items that may not be directly related to the actual equipment what i mean by that is you may need to think about your environment like carpets carpets curtains anything like so that's a cloth that can absorb sound is outstanding for good quality especially when you're on a microphone or you're on the video. You want to eliminate as much echo as possible. Lighting, as I stated before, when I talked about the wear, lighting is critical. I'm gonna tell you guys, I've seen some of you look like you're in a witness protection program <laughs> where you're sitting on video <laughs> and the light source is directly behind you. And all we see is like a black silhouette of your frame, of your body, of your torso or your head. <laughs> like. It is always critical for the light source to be behind the camera, not behind you. Remember, you should face the light source. So if you have a window, you can set up your office desk in front of the window. If you could control the light a little bit, you don't want to have too much light because that can affect your eyes. Um, but if you if you have really good natural quality light in front of a window, perfect. It's free light set up there. Sometimes it could be a little bit of a pain depending on the camera setup for like an overcast day, but you can also get a ring light um, that can help facilitate that to help provide additional lighting. In fact, um, I always would recommend just going to Amazon. I've found many ring lights there for under 20 bucks. Yes, I know the more expensive ones are better quality. And I, we also have another ring light here that we paid a lot more for. And it's, it's you can, I see the difference in the quality. But if you're on a budget, there are some items out there for under 20 bucks and that can uh, also suffice 
for the type of work you may be doing. Also, I recommend investing in Philip Hughes light bulbs. I like Philip Hughes because they are, to me, they're standard. They're the LED lights, and you can control those with your smartphone, also with your um, with your voice. If you have, um, or you're in a region that has an ability to to have uh, smart speakers. But another item that I really love about having the Philip Hughes light bulbs is it allows you to set up a theme, if you will. Like I can create a zone, a theme in my zone or in my spaces, and I can have it set to like an auto timing. I can also just have a one button push where all the lights in the studio or what I call the studio, but it's really my loft, um, turn to a certain color and a certain percentage because I'm about to go record. And I like to get into that zone, that vibe. And if some of you guys seen on Instagram, I like to record with a bunch of different lights that's on. I like the I like the vibe and the coolness of it all. It feels real loungy and that's my style. But it has, again, as I was designing and trying to solve the problem here, I was also thinking, hmm, those lights would be also cool for when I'm gaming or if I'm watching a certain type of movie that has a certain type of energy into it. I can also throw on the lights that can match that that flow and that flare. Um, so I would, again, recommend the Philip Hughes light bulbs. They could be a little bit expensive, but they're LED lights. They will last you. They will last. And they don't take as much energy as your traditional incandescent yellow lights that I can't stand. So we covered the wear, we covered the essentials, we covered somewhat of the setup. I didn't go too details in the setup. I mean, there are a whole bunch of other things that, you know, in my setup that I have here, such as like my audio interface and my KVM switch. But I can say, let me, let me, let me dive back here in the KVM piece here. I can say if you have, for, for example, in this, in my setup, I was trying to use one space in the corner for my office and podcasting. So I opted into purchasing a KVM switch, which I've also put into the description of this episode. The KVM switch is critical. It allows, now it's a little more extra wires involved, but again, I was being real purposeful when I designed the underneath portion of the desk to, to allow for those wires to be seamlessly hidden um, along with the other wires. But the KVM switch allows me to hit one button and switch between my work laptop and my personal laptop. So if I'm on both at the same time or I need to toggle to do something on my personal laptop while, you know, maybe I'm eating my lunch or I have an idea that just came to me and I usually forget things. So I immediately switch over. If I don't have my phone open with OneNote, OneNote has somehow become my best friend. <laughs> On my phone, it is literally my go-to device every day. Um, so I would say, you know, as I'm talking about the setup, the KVM switch, if you are trying to simplify your space and you have a work and personal um, venture that you, you, you want to seamlessly switch back and forth, as opposed to like unplugging wires from a docking station, if you will, and then replugging those into the laptop for your personal reasons. And then you want to unplug those again and plug those into your work computer. That can be a lot. It may not be a lot for some of you, but if you want something a little more streamlined, a KVM switch is, I would highly recommend to research that. All right. So let's talk about some extras. And number one extra is this. <laughs> 
do not use virtual backgrounds. Avoid it. Just, just you're not on the beach. You're not there. You're not there. You're not in space. You're not there. You're not anywhere. You're at wherever you are. So that goes all the way back to the where that I covered early on. Think about how you want to look on video. Be purposeful. Put some energy into it. Don't just, you know, rely on some virtual background that's, let me tell you, it's crappy. You do one left move, you do one right twitch, and boom, we can see your little sliding body through that nine ocean view that you think <laughs> you're sitting in front of. Avoid them. Avoid the virtual backgrounds at all costs. Um, again, back to the color piece. Think of the colors or materials for your accent wall. Um, if you have one, I think an accent wall is critical to adding some dimension to the space. You can also, I feel, you know, make the space a little more cohesive because you can play off the accent wall with like an accent piece, um, like like sofa pillows or something like that. Um, just try to create that those type of things. I will also say prioritize comfort as much as possible. Even when I'm at my stand-up desk, I have this this really thick almost a almost a, a half an inch pad and i'm on carpet here in this space so i'm standing on carpet on top of a pad with my slippers on like that's how comfortable i am when i'm standing up at the desk whether it's doing work related activities or a podcast i would also say as you prioritize and comfort it's all about the space is it hot in the space is it cold in the space keep all that in mind now how you want to feel and how comfortable you want to be while working um i think that is critical the more comfortable you are the less stress your body feels the less stress you feel along with being comfort back to me being an organization nerd is to be organized be organized get rid of all of the clutter if there's items in the space that doesn't serve a purpose or doesn't serve a dual purpose, get rid of it. Why are we holding on to it? Declutter the space. Even if you're not certain, take all the items that you're not certain about, put them in the middle of the floor together and just stack them all there and, and then take a step back and look at your space with all of those items removed. And then ask yourself, do I need these things? Do they serve a purpose? Do they add value to the space? And what I mean by adding value, are they part of the design? Are they part of a dual purpose piece to it? Otherwise, um, I would say toss it or trade it in for something else. Give it to someone else. Maybe someone else need those items or can use those items. Hell, you can even donate them and get some type of tax rebate if you live in the United States. Uh, don't be afraid to refresh your space. I know you guys seen those say, uh, subway commercials out there that talks about subway refresh, refresh. Look, refreshing is not a problem. Um, if that's your style, you have the money to do so, you have the patience to do so, refresh your space as much as you can. The more you refresh, the better it will become because, you're again, you're trying to solve a problem. I will also say refresh your space only if necessary. You don't want to overdo it, right? I mean, it's... It's critical that you know you have a an environment that can that can again solve multiple purposes and be a space that allows you to to feel comfortable and be more productive and be creative. I think those are really critical. So let's take a break, and after the break, I want to talk about some office environments. I want to flip the script a little bit. 
So about four episodes ago, I covered the topic of back to the office. And you know, that topic, it, it seems like it's, it's an everyday discussion among friends, among professionals. You see it all over the news. It's this, this notion that we're going to constantly refresh, <laughs> back to the word refresh, refresh the conversation of office environment or office back into the office and keep doing it. Even though the surveys and the data and everything is pointing in the other direction, it seems the conversation continues. And I think there's a point behind it. I don't agree with the point, but I think the point is the more we talk about it, the more we can try to convince people to switch over. I honestly think it's a dead point and it's irrelevant. Really listen to your, your, your workforce and listen to what they're saying. If you're having, you know, agency-wide or company-wide discussions, you have any surveys and you have the data and, and the information is overwhelmingly in one direction, I think it's time to embrace that side of it. So let's help with, we talked about your home office setup and some of the, the essentials and the extras in the wear. But let's talk about the office environment. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of creating zones as you guys can probably already heard by now. I love a space that can do multiple different things. And I love a space that is designed where you can clearly identify what those zones are when you walk into the space. You don't have to ask anyone. It is, it's thinking about the end user. And I love spaces like that. So when you think about your office space, if you will, imagine yourself going into an office <laughs> for a day, maybe a half day, um, and you wanna walk into that space and. And the worst thing, you spent all this time and effort creating this home office environment that is super creative and super productive and has nice accent walls and your fresh plants. And it is a space that you enjoy getting into. You're very comfortable in that space. And you, then you go into the office and you met with vanilla walls, incandescent lights and cubicles. And you look around and you say, none of this helps my creativity none of this says "Ooh, i want to sit at this desk and get something done or i want to get in this team room and 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 provide some type of and some type of creative zone or a creative environment or think tank environment or we want to brainstorm some ideas none of that seems creative so i would say in an office environment do the exact same thing you know or suggest to your managers or to your organization to your company how about we do some of these items that can help us create zones? You're only asking the question, right? And then the why behind that, asking those questions, hopefully the, the leadership is listening and willing to listen and you have a space that you can make some changes or can offer changes. I would say, give them the why. Here's the value of why it's important to create zones and the value of a place that it's not just a box with cubicles in it, right? You know, maybe we have some cubicles on the side for people who want to go and work on a project alone, right? They may want to pop on some headphones. Well, how about we create a, a space where there's maybe some comfortable seating, like low line or low level seating for those who want to sit on a sofa type of environment and get a little comfortable, take their shoes off. Or those who want to sit at a stand-up desk or a high, uh, well, yeah, or a stand-up desk, or those who want to sit at a bar top 
table while eating their lunch. Also, you know, let's use technology. There, you know, we have sticky notes, right? And and you can use like these sticky notes and and paste them on the wall for brainstorming. You can have these dry erase boards, and those are great. But also, we have to think about people who are working in the office and those who are working at home. So there are productivity tools out there that we can use. And so research those and look into those that can help create zones as well. You can have a productivity creative zone. You can have a creative corner. Hey, I coined it for you guys. A creative corner that you can have in your organization or your company where everyone could just write ideas out and, and have others come to that space and, and react to those ideas. Right. This is a way that you don't have to purposefully sit there for 30 minutes to an hour to talk about a project as ideas come to people organically you can utilize time and effort and creativity to come up with a solution as opposed to being rushed and forced because not everything is rushed and not everything should be forced so again when it comes to like office environments we talked about all the comfort things and items at home i would also say try to create these zones at work where where applicable or suggest those things to your your organization how can I help, you know, make this a better place? Because if I have to go into the office, you know, I want it to be a place that feels just as comfortable as, as I'm working at home. I will also say spaces that foster teaming is also critical. And in fact, whenever I hear, and I've, met, I've mentioned this before, whenever I hear the word like return to the office, I always think that's, I don't think that should be what we, we our focus should be. The focus really should be the team. What? How does the team operate? What is the best environment, style, structure for that team, for that particular team? We can't manage the an organization, or I should say we should not manage an organization from like this top-down approach. If you have a team or you have 20 teams who are really creative and maybe they want to be more creative outdoors or indoors or wherever the place may be, those are what I would consider the best work environments where individuals are creative. We're not thinking about the return to the office perspective. Rather, it's more about the team perspective. What makes this team work? How does this team work? What environment spaces that can help with productivity, creativity, um, I think those are super critical for like an office environment. What do you think? You think, you know, it's, is that simple to have, you know, a, a team environment lead the way? Or is it just easy? It's just, hey, everyone return to the office because, hey, we have to justify paying this rent in this building because we own this building. Well, maybe it's a shift and it's time, it's time to change. So again, what do you guys think about that? Also, what do you think about like setting up your home environment? Lastly, I want to say, I hope this information was super helpful so that you guys can start to reimagine your space. Again, it's not at the kitchen table. It is not on the sofa. Granted, if you do not have the space and that's all you have, let's reimagine that as well to figure out how can I have this kitchen set up the best possible way as well. Again, there's always a solution to a problem you're trying to solve. Remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining no pants required can be found on google podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts peace